This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Happy Easter, everybody. Can I just say it's really good to see you? Like, this whole year when we've been doing our services online, I see a camera, and I'm assuming you're on the other side. So, it's so good to see you today. And I'm so excited that we're gathered today to celebrate Easter together. I mean, this is, uh, we we were doing some tech rehearsal the other day, and Miguel, who does sound for us, he and I were kind of talking, I was like, hey, this is like like D-Day, and he's like, no, this is actually V-Day. Christmas is like (laughs) D-Day, but this is Victory Day. This is the day that Jesus rose up from the grave. He looked at death and said, is that all you got? (laughs) And his victory is our victory, and because of him, we can have hope, and so here we are celebrating Jesus together, because his name is an incredible name. Like, his is a name that's known throughout the world. So many people know the name of Jesus, and and there are some who take that name and they hold it with awe and reverence because of who they've discovered him to be. There are others, not so much. I mean, the name of Jesus is maybe something they kind of laugh at. It's something to be scorned. There's some cynicism there. Uh, Maybe for some people, it's just something you say when you're really angry, (laughs) accidental praying. (laughs) But regardless of what you think of his name, the incredible thing is here we are, 2,000 years later, talking about him. Why is that? Like, I mean, what happened 2,000 years ago that caused such a ruckus that it is rippled through history? That here we are talking about his name. The, the incredible story that we're told by his first followers is the reason we're talking about him is he did something extraordinary. Like he, he defeated death. Like one of his good friends, Peter, writes this. Peter writes this about Jesus. He says, hey, we were not making up clever stories when, you, when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. And Peter walked with Jesus for three years and he's like, hey, we we saw this incredible thing happen. Another one of his good friends, John, he writes this in the stories of Jesus' life. John says, hey, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. Like we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life, the the one who is life itself and was revealed to us. We have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And that's the story that we're told that happened 2,000 years ago. And it's such a remarkable story. It's such an incredible story. I think it's so incredible that, that for some people it's really hard to believe. It's really hard to buy into. Like, come on, God and Jesus and all of that. I, I think that's why there's sometimes other explanations about what happened. I, I think for some people, they, it might just be easier to say, I think it was just a good story that got blown out of proportion over time. 
Like as each generation told the story, it just got a little bit bigger, like the fish you caught was this big and then it was this big. Or, or I think others, maybe the, the explanation that they think makes more sense is that this was really just meant to be some kind of allegory about the human condition. That, that the story of Jesus is just meant to be an ideal for us to look up to, that, that he embodied the ideals of the human spirit of love and altruism. I think that's an explanation that people throw out sometimes. I think there's some cynical people that would look at maybe the, the, the first followers of Jesus and say, no, no, they, they, this was just a hoax. They just made this whole thing up. Like they were hoping to get like an international bestseller out of this. And, and yet what's amazing about any of those explanations is that they don't, they don't actually explain what happened 2,000 years ago. See, there's a problem with some of these. There's a couple of problems that they, don't just, they just don't seem to work. And Well, the, the, the first problem with some of those explanations is that they don't explain what we're told happened. See, this wasn't a story that developed over time as each generation kept telling it to the next until suddenly there was this miracle man, Jesus. Like, no, this was the story that they told from the beginning. A and his first followers told the story, and almost every single one of them were killed because of the story they told. And now maybe we could say, well, like, like, so what? I mean, a lot of people have been sincere in their beliefs and died for those beliefs over the course of history. I mean, if that happened with me today, if, if for some reason it cost me my life to, to hold on to my beliefs in Jesus, you, you could look at me and say, wow, he was really sincere. He really believed that stuff. But it, but it wouldn't mean it was true. It just meant that I was genuinely sincere in my beliefs. But that doesn't work for them. Because if it wasn't true and they knew it, and they were willing to die for it, that doesn't make them sincere. You know what that makes them? Stupid. Like, who would die for a lie that they knew wasn't true? And see, that doesn't work for them. And it's such an incredible story that they tell. A story that changed their lives. That, that Jesus came into this world to do something for us. To meet us in the midst of all the brokenness and struggle that we walk in. The brokenness around us. The brokenness within us. I mean, you thought 2020 was a hard year. Just look at human history. That's kind of our collective story. And that's why Jesus came into the story. See, Jesus stepped into human history to impact all of history, to do something incredible for us. And when you encounter him, his story can change your story forever. But, but if it's not true, if it was just a story that was made up, I mean, here's another problem as I see it. Like, if it's not true that Jesus didn't actually conquer death, then what we're doing here today it's like a serious waste of time. I don't know if you did the math on that. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but I, I did not come here today because I'm simply looking for an emotional fix. As much as I need that. Like, I, I came here today because I'm, I'm looking for something real. I, I, I'm looking for something beyond just a good feeling. I'm looking for something that can change my life change my story. Like I'm here because I'm wondering, Jesus, can you do something for me? Like can you actually help me with life? Because I've got questions about life. How about you? I, I, I've actually got questions about my life. 
I've got a couple of kind of what I would call significant questions. And I don't think I'm the only one who asks these questions, but these are the questions that kind of just buzz around my head and they're kind of always nagging at me and bugging me. And I do a, I do a lot of work to not always deal with these questions. But here's, here's the first question that I try not to worry about. And I'm assuming maybe you try not to worry about it as well. But when this question actually takes form and it kind of sits in the side of your head, it, it goes like this. Have I done enough? Like, like if this God thing is real and God has got some list and he's keeping score, <laughs> am I good? Am I going to be okay? Like, have you ever wondered about that? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Do you know that question? I mean, I mean, I think, honestly, I think this is part of the reason why we try to be good people, just to make sure we're, we, we got our bases covered. It's why I like when I post on Instagram or my stories, I like to show off all my altruistic endeavors so I can get all the likes, so I can be like, whew, I'm covered today. But I don't do those things so you will actually like me. I do those things because I'm actually trying to look out for myself. I'm trying to make sure the bases are covered to help ensure that I am enough because I'm actually kind of curious how this whole thing works. I'm, a I'm actually kind of anxious about it if I'm going to get honest because like this guy great on a curve. Is that how it works? Because if so, some of you are seriously helping me out on that curve. Like I'm so grateful for you. But then there are those other people that really screw it up for the rest of us. Like that kid who asks for money for sick kids on the other side of the planet instead of presents for her birthday. Like she's totally ruining the curve for me. <laughs> but seriously, how does it work? Like how do we know where we stand? Like I've not gotten a report card. Hey, Joel. Step it up. Just saying. Like I've never gotten that. And, and this question can just kind of sit in my mind and, and can, it can create angst and... There are times where I can lie awake at night, and I'm just wondering, am I okay? Like, have I done enough? But see, that's not the only question that we can wrestle with, is it? There's another question that kind of nags at us, but th this one doesn't always exist kind of at the periphery of our minds when it takes root. This one kind of sits more here, like in our gut, and it's got some weight to it, and when it begins to take root, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't want to wrestle with this question. I don't want to think about it. And, th and this question isn't, have I done enough? This question is, have I done too much? Like too much of that other stuff. That stuff I don't want anyone to know about. The stuff that I know is a part of my story that just shows the darkness that I wrestle with. Do you know that question? And that's the one that causes us to want to hide, isn't it? That's the one that causes us to want to hide from one another. I mean, as much as we hate the masks we're wearing today, we really love the masks, don't we? Because if I can just put on the mask and I can just pretend, hey, I'm good. Nothing going on over here. Look over there. <laughs> but that question causes me to want to hide from even people closest in my life. But it's not just that I want to hide from them. Sometimes I want to hide from myself. It's the reason why I like to keep myself distracted, why I like medicinal amnesia or liquid courage. 
or I just go out and get the next shiny thing. If I can just keep myself distracted long enough, I don't have to deal with the question that's just sitting right here. If we're going to be really honest, this is the question that causes us to want to even hide from God altogether. I mean, this is the question that may have almost prevented you from even showing up today or logging in online with us. Because this is the one that I don't even want to have this conversation. I don't want to wrestle with this. And that's the question that causes us to wonder, is it okay to come out of hiding? Or do I have to keep burying who I am under this mask? See, this is why today is such an incredible day. This is why today is a day of good news. This is why the story of Jesus is so incredible. Because what this story means is that God sees our stories. And let me just share some really good news. God sees you. Some of you are like, how on earth is that good news? (laughs) Well, let me tell you why that's good news. God sees you and he doesn't flinch. God sees you, and he doesn't pull away. God sees you, and he says, I love you. It's why we're told that God loved the world so much that he did something for us, that he gave us his only son, that whoever would believe in him would have the hope of life, that we wouldn't perish, we wouldn't go on living in brokenness, separated from God, that we could actually step into the hope of a new life with him. And I love it, whoever, that's, that's an all-inclusive, everyone is welcome to the party, God has a life for you invitation. And I love this because Jesus puts the questions to rest for all time. Like, we don't have to wrestle with the question, have I done enough or have I done too much? Because Jesus shows up in the story now and says, I will take care of all of that. I want to do a work in your story. I want to set you free today. And because of Jesus, we can have the hope that we don't have to wonder if we're okay with God anymore. We can have the hope that we know that we belong to him. That God is not waiting for us to get our act together. God's not waiting for us to clean up the mess or bank enough brownie points. He moved heaven and earth to meet us as we are and do something incredible for us. To send Jesus into the story and say, I've got a life for you. You can put the questions down. Those don't define you. My love defines you. It's why the early Christians when they encountered Jesus, their lives were changed forever. So one of the early leaders, a guy named Paul, and Paul, who was not a friend of Christianity, a, a, he was trying to wipe it out. Suddenly Jesus shows up and is like, yo, Paul, what are you doing? That's a paraphrase. And Paul's first thought was, oh, no. Like, I'm on the wrong side. And I love what, what Jesus does. He looks at us when we're on the wrong side, and he says, no, you're on my team. Step over here. I got a life for you. I got an adventure for you. I got a story I want to tell through your life. That's what happened in Paul's story when he encountered Jesus. And so it's why Paul writes these words in Romans chapter 5 in one of his letters to the first Christians. He writes these words and he says, Hey, when we were utterly helpless, 
Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. That's not a word we like to throw around. Put that on your car, your bumper sticker recently? No, it's almost an offensive word. But the question is, is it an accurate word? Like sin is when I fail to do what's right or when I choose to do what's wrong. Well, shoot. I know that word. How about you? And yet God doesn't say, God chooses to love us in our mess. So Paul goes on and he says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. (laughs) How about you? If there's like somebody who is really, really good and they're about to die, but you could give your life for them, would you? Well, I would say on Instagram, yes, because I want the likes. (laughs) But that's Paul's point. Rarely would somebody be willing to give up their life for a really good person. And yet, here comes Jesus. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Like when we were at our worst, that's when God gave us his best. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, by that sacrifice he made for us, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. I mean, if Jesus' death paid the price for all the brokenness, imagine what his resurrected life now gives us. It gives us hope of eternity. It gives us the power of God at work in our stories. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Did you know that when Jesus shows up in your story, that's who you become? You and God are buds. You're friends. We can call him Father, and we can walk close with him because he's for us. This is the good news about Jesus is that we don't have to worry about being enough anymore. Like, have I done enough or have I done too much? We don't have to worry about that anymore because Jesus is enough for us. Enough for us to step into a whole new life with him and experience God's incredible love and mercy and power changing our stories forever. This is why Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will never die, even if they die. Like our physical death is not the end of the story. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Oh, friends, this is the good news. This is what we're celebrating today. This is what Jesus has done for us. When you encounter Jesus, you've just met the defeater of death and the giver of life. And he can change your story forever. That's why it's called good news. (laughs) You know, for Christy and I, we've been here a part of new life for over a year now. And I don't know any of you. (laughs) How crazy is that? That's just crazy. But what I do know is what can be true for you. It's the same hope I have. That Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, friend, 
I got a life for you. That's why we came to be a part of this with you because we've seen what he's done in our story and we want to help you see that too. So I, I got a question for you this Easter Sunday, 2021. <laughs> Remember Easter 2020? That was crazy. We, we were just preparing for that. Like we were just moving into the whole sheltering in place and we were sitting as a leadership team and we were like, I wonder if we'll be able to get back together by Easter 2020. <laughs> oh, little did we know. But the same thing that we were celebrating a year ago is the thing we're celebrating today because it's the thing we're celebrating that happened 2,000 years ago. It's the thing we're going to be celebrating every single day of our lives. So here's my question for you on this Easter Sunday. What are you carrying today that Jesus wants to set you free from? What are you carrying today that you don't have to walk with anymore? the hope of a new life, the hope of something God doing in your story. The things that you can set down because they don't define you. They don't have to, you don't have to carry it in your gut. You don't have to let it buzz around your head anymore. Jesus Christ came to life so you could have new life and be set free with him. What are you carrying today that Jesus wants to set you free from? Because there's a life that's offered to every single one of us. And we step into that life by looking to Jesus and basically saying this. Wherever you're going, take me with you. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, I'm in. Whatever you need to speak to in my life, here's my heart. I trust you. And see, we step into that new life by coming to Jesus and saying, can I have a new life with you? And today, for some of you, that might be the very thing that he's working on. Like you showed up today. It's not an accident. It's not a, not a surprise. He's like, oh, I can't wait. I scheduled this moment so I could meet you. And what I would just want to say to you is if you want to experience that new life of Jesus, it's as simple as saying, I'm in. Jesus, I give you my life. Do your thing. You don't need to have the fancy words. You don't need to have it all figured out. It's just saying, here I am. For some of us, we may be taking that journey or that step, but can, can we just get real for a minute? Life can send you sideways, yeah? And when that happens, it's so easy to forget. As incredible as it is, it's so easy to forget what he's done for us. And maybe today what you need to hear is that he's not done with you. He's still doing his work in your story today. If he defeated the grave, if he went to the cross for you and then defeated the grave for you, do you really think he's going to let a pandemic stop him from working for you? So today is your day to be reminded you have a life. And so I want to invite you to do something with me right now as we go into this, this, this song we're going to sing as a prayer together. I want to invite you to, to open your posture in that of a prayer to him. 
And maybe you've never prayed before, or maybe you don't know how it works. It's pretty cool. God's here right now. His Spirit is all around us. He can hear your words. He can engage with your thoughts if you want that. All you got to do is say, here I am, God. Maybe you just want to open your hands like this as a, as a posture of invitation, as a posture of greeting, as a posture of come find me. If you want to take that step, maybe for the very first time, I just want to invite you to take the prayer I'm going to pray right now and make it your own. Say these words. Jesus, I'm in. Jesus, I, I want this life you came to give me. And I don't have it all figured out, but I think I understand you a little bit more today. I understand you enough that I want this life. And so, Jesus, I give you my life. Come and do your thing. And if you're here today and you're like, yeah, I've done that, but I need to be reminded, then I just want to encourage you to make that your prayer today, too. Jesus, I'm still here. I'm trusting that you are. So would you whisper your love into the depths of my soul once again? Would you remind me that you are for me, that yours is a beautiful name, and you've come to give me life? So let's stand together and sing this song. And let's make this our prayer to him on this Easter Sunday. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.